Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is No Sleep Till Belmont, your Islanders podcast from The Athletic. Arthur Staple here, talking Islanders with our guest co-host for December, former Islanders coach, former Flyers coach, longtime AHL coach, Scott Gordon. Scott, welcome back. Good to be back, especially with a few wins. That's right. We actually have some good news with the Islanders to talk about, which is, uh, I think we had recorded last week. They still hadn't won a game in a month. They won that night in Ottawa. They won uh, their first game in UBS Arena on Saturday, beating the Devils. And the game in between against Nashville, they should have at least gotten a point, probably two. Um, and we'll maybe a little a little easier to take that horrible loss with the two wins sandwiched around it. But uh, Scott, from what you've seen, um, we talked about some positive signs that you saw before the these two wins. And are, are they just kind of continuing to do what the Islanders do, which is, you know, tighten up a little bit defensively and, and score on their chances when they get them? Well, I, I think, you know, we, when we were talking about uh, that stretch where they were missing players from injuries and COVID, you know, they were obviously had a, a weaker lineup and, and, you know, probably playing a lot safer and whether it was coaches request or the players uh, who called up just trying to you know not be the reason why the team lost, you know, as we've seen uh, the lineup get stronger and healthier, you know, we're starting to see more of the, the things that make the Islanders successful. You know, as I, I mentioned um, in previous weeks, you could see the trend of, of how they come out of their zone, uh, the confidence plays that they're making through the middle of the ice and how they're attacking in the offensive zone and getting to the net. And it's all kind of snowballed for them in a positive way. Um, and and now we're, you're starting to see some results. You know, it, it it doesn't seem like much, but uh, the last six games are two, one, and three. And when you look at those three uh, overtime and shootout uh, points, um, those could easily be two point games. I mean, that, you win three on three, you win the shootout. It isn't so much, uh, it's kind of a, a little bit of luck that's involved in that. And, and we could be sitting here talking about how they're five and one. But the bottom line is you, you want your team to play well in the 60 minutes of uh, hockey because that's going to trend to bigger things down the road. If you, you know, if your team is, is able to put together a solid 60 minutes and you can come away from the game feeling good, um, 
that's a, that's a good sign for your team. And and there's a lot of areas that have, have been a lot better, and, and not just from a team standpoint, but uh, from an, an individual standpoint. Who, uh, you know, I think you kind of look just even in just looking at the score sheet, if you didn't watch the games, you'd say, well, you know, obviously Matthew Barzell uh, is broken out of whatever funk, and, and it wasn't just his funk, it was everybody's funk during the 11-game winless streak. Um, you know, he's they've got 12 goals, I think, in the last three games. He might have points, I think, on seven or eight of them. Uh, Oliver Wallstrom in limited minutes is, seems to be, seems to have gotten his scoring confidence back. Um, those are probably two of the main guys. Is there are, outside of those two guys, are you seeing anybody else that's really having kind of a, an impact to not just offensively, but kind of to, to f- make the lineup feel more complete? Well, I, I, I mean, obviously Zarnik's not there now, but the, those three, when they were playing together, um, they, piled up some points and I think Bellows has eight points in six games. Uh, sorry, Walsham has eight points in six games and Bellows has three points in three games and Zarnik put up a few points. And, you know, they, I think the minutes that they were starting to get is, is having an impact on their confidence. And obviously to get some results, I thought uh, Walsham was terrific in the last game. And um, so to be able to get some secondary scoring is obviously helpful. And then you know, obviously he comes back in the lineup and, you see the importance of his net front uh, presence on the power play, you know, picking up some points there. Um, also, uh, you know, the play of Dobson, we talked about him. The thing for me that was really impressive about Dobson is uh, that play that uh, they scored the, the winning goal in Nashville. You know, that's something, uh, and I don't know how many games he, he's played in Bridgeport and his experience as a pro, um, but that's probably one of those things that will, will be etched in his memory for a, for a long time and, and he probably wouldn't do that play just you know kind of blindly rimming it around the boards last minute you know your options there you know with experience you know you can eat it you can reverse it to your partner you can pop it to the middle if, if there's time and space um, but the the one option you want to stay away from is is obviously giving it to the team with the, the uncertainty of what the end result is going to be as you throw it around the boards and um, for me, the best takeaway on that is the fact that he's come back and played strong. He had a you know, really good good game, I thought, against um, uh, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit of maturity there as far as being able to handle that. And, and uh, um, that was good to see. So um, and then, you know, Parise, like, uh, you know, it's funny you watch him and how hard he works. Like he he changes. He, go, he skates harder to the bench than some players skate their entire shift. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's a credit to him to be able to, to, to battle the adversity of not being able to score. Uh, thank God he got that first goal because I'm sure if he didn't get that first goal, he would have been killing himself on that empty netter that he missed. Um, but it's, I, I think that's a, also a positive sign because he has been doing a lot of things po- that have had a, a positive impact on the game, whether it's his presence and his work ethic. Um, his, uh, you know, he scored that shorthanded goal. Uh, he's been doing, you know, for me, a, a pretty good job in the penalty killing. And I don't even know that uh, how much he did that in Minnesota. I, I don't recall him doing it in New Jersey. Uh, so that's something that uh, he's been able to expand uh, his role with uh, the Islanders and, and uh, you know, at least have some uh, come away from the games feeling like he's making a contribution when he isn't scoring. And then, uh, you know, something that probably uh, doesn't get a lot of talk. But, uh, you know, how about Charo with back-to-back fights? You know, let's say he's a guy's 40, was he 44 years old? 44. Yeah. Like you could, you know, I don't think that's, that's usually something you're doing and you're younger and, 
And uh, here he is, you know, basically um, sending a message to the team that or the opponent that uh, you're not going to take advantage of our guys. And I think it also sends a message uh, to his team that, uh, you know, we're not going to get pushed around. You know, I think yeah, it certainly brings a lot of respect uh, to the team and how to play the game. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I'm sure it's a, a big morale booster on the bench. Yeah. And just, you know, when you see Yakov Trenin in that Nashville game skating off with blood all over the inside of his shield too, I'm just kind of thinking like, he's not just fighting to to kind of tie a guy up and and make a statement he's he can still throw him too so oh yeah <laughs> uh that's uh that's something yeah it's um it does seem and it's i guess it makes sense considering they've got almost everybody back now except Ryan Pollock that that the pieces are in the right place and if there's a team that's that's succeeded more on team you know pieces being in the right place in a full team effort in the last few years that's you know it's the islanders that that really have kind of epitomized that and i think last game uh even though there was definitely a little bit of rust with casey zizekas and brock nelson having those two guys back and kind of ordering things down the middle and not having to have people out of position I mean, you know how how much as a coach when you're when you have the lineup the consistency of the lineup that the islanders have had the last couple of years when you're missing guys who eat up a lot of minutes, who take a lot of key face-offs like those two guys, how much of a, of a load off your mind is it to just have them back? I mean, obviously uh, you have to have solid goaltending and a solid decor, but you know, when you have centers that are responsible, um, that support the puck coming out of your zone, uh, that have the ability to you know, break out, um, there's a, there's a whole different confidence uh, that your team can play with because you're just, things get a little bit easier. You know, we saw when uh, the first show that I, that I came on with you, like there was, they, they had done some struggles because those guys were out and um, you know, to get those guys back the strength up the middle of the ice, uh, everything's a little bit cleaner. And, you know, whether it's winning a face off to start with the puck, uh, whether it's uh, how you come out of your zone, defending, uh, those two guys are, are pretty responsible and, and it, that, that's hard to replace. You can't just, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to take a winger and put them in the middle of the ice and expect to get the same results. And, uh, you know, we're seeing now how much everything for me looks easier for the Islanders because of the fact that they got those guys back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now we were talking about the players the Islanders have back and how much that's impacted their play in a positive way. Um, one regular who was out 
against New Jersey and may in fact be out tonight when the Islanders play in Detroit is Anthony Beauvillier. And that's certainly a bit of a surprise um, guy who's been a mainstay in their lineup for the last five plus years, been a real important contributor for them in the playoffs. Uh, He had no points in the previous 13 games. And I think um, there was a specific play in that Nashville loss where he was kind of net front in the offensive zone. Nashville turned the puck over, went the other way. And he, instead of hustling back to cover one of the trailers on the play, went for a change. And the player that he should have been covering, Matt Benning, took a shot that the rebound produced a tying goal for Nashville. And Beauvillier didn't, didn't play very much after that and then was benched. And, and Barry Trotz has been pretty succinct in his feelings about that. And I, and I imagine it has a lot to do with the stress of the start that they've had and, and the need to rely on y- veterans, even young veterans like Bovillier. And you, what you can't have is, is lack of attention to detail and focus and effort, uh, even if you're not producing. Um, Scott, when, when you have a situation where you have a, a key core guy, especially a young guy that you decide to sit out, how do you have to approach that? It, uh, you've done it, I'm sure, many times in your in your career, especially at the AHL level, where you've got high level prospects who are not necessarily paying attention and to the details that they need to pay attention to, and and it's a difficult decision, and a lot of people notice it because when you're not winning, fans certainly feel like you need your best players or your most skilled guys or your most promising guys. So it's not always the most popular decision either, and it's definitely not been with Islander fans to sit Beauvillier. So. From your perspective, um, you know, when you see a guy like that sit out, what comes to your mind and, and how do you kind of handle the, the run-up and how do you handle the fallout? So we, we've got two situations where you have Bavillier who's, who's getting, uh, you know, you could easily say he's getting benched for, for lack of production. Um, and then you got Zach Rize that uh, hasn't had any production offensively. Right. But the one thing about Zach is there's been no change in the way he plays. You know, he's and, and the, even the broadcasters are saying, like, you know what you're going to get from the coaches, you know, love his work ethic. And uh, that's been a constant. So, you know, as a coach, I, you know, sometimes you can live with the lack of production. But when you have a, a player that, uh, you know, makes a decision to not backjack all the way and then make a change, you know, he's he's kind of getting a little woe is me attitude and you know, things aren't going my way. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to. You know, it's not a big deal here. I'll just go make my change and let somebody else deal with, with the issue. And, and, uh, I think that's the thing that, uh, you know, obviously I think it's 12 games that he hasn't had a point, you know, Barry was willing to, uh, let that go, you know, and, and not think that, you know, we need to take you out of the lineup because you're not producing, but the, the lack of effort is something that, you know, he can't tolerate because if, if he starts doing that, then it becomes an infectious thing where, you know, you can get away with that stuff. Um, all of a sudden that's going to snowball. So, you know, obviously it's, it's now it's at the point where, okay, how's he going to respond? And I think that, you know, if he should get back in the lineup tonight, uh, there won't be any situations like that because, uh, I, like I said last week, I, I was impressed with his play, uh, in the games that I watched, um, just, you know, like the, there was more to him than I realized. Um, and I, you know, I'm not watching it, you know, as tightly as, as maybe Barry is. Um, but that's, that's something that, uh, you know, hopefully is a learning experience. And he is, he's, he's still a young player. What's he? 23, 24. Yeah. 23, 24, yeah, 24. So, you know, like he's, he's st- starting to, um, 
you know, build a resume for himself as far as getting some clout within the team as far as, you know, where he is in the lineup and all that. But at the end of the day, you still got to earn your strikes. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is a, a learning experience for him and, you know, he'll, he'll play tonight and not have to look back. Now, you know, there's a perception with Barry Trotz and it's been said a lot uh, through, I think, mostly the stop in Washington and his stop here in Nashville was a different animal just because it was an expansion team that uh, perhaps he has a preference for the veterans that he trusts, even veterans like Parise who never played for him over young guys like Beauvillier. Um, And, you know, we say Beauvillier is a young guy. He's you know, uh, almost 500 NHL games, all with the Islanders. So they certainly know what they have in him. Uh, you know, Barry Trotz didn't get to be Barry Trotz. You didn't get to your level of coaching for all these years, listening to advice from anybody else on the outside, maybe your wife on occasion, but probably not anybody else. Um, you, you know, when you hear that kind of stuff, do you ever take it to heart when people, when there's, whether it's fans or there's whispers, whether agents, whoever start saying like, I don't know, this guy has actually, this coach has this reputation for doing this. Is it ever a feeling of, you know, like, well, I, I can show them. I, I don't, I don't do that all the time or get defensive or whatever. Is it just, you just can't listen to any of the noise from the outside. I think you, you ultimately have to do what you think's best for the team and, and, you know, in this this case right here, um, I mean Barry obviously has a ton of a lot more experience than I do, and um, I, I think that uh, when it's all said and done, you know, you're you're benching a guy because of a lack of effort. And I think from a fan standpoint, a lot of times if you're watching the game at home, you can't see the the, the details that might be lacking in a player's game. You just see you know, what you you think are are his that particular player's uh, you know strengths, and you you know you see the hustle in situations on the forecheck, or you know you know getting shots or whatever it might be, but you don't see that back check on the TV, or you might not be watching the guy making the change, and all you're seeing is the goal going in, and um, you know so as a coach, like I, I'm sure Barry says to himself, we're a better team with Bovillier in the lineup, but we're not a, a better team if we've got Bovillier in the lineup and he's not competing and working. So when you go to make that decision, you're, you're doing what's right for the team and also for the player. And I, I think that's the thing that the fans, uh, you know, might not necessarily look at uh, as much in depth as the coach does. And, you know, it's not going to be a long-term thing. I, I mean, I don't know the kid, but I, I, you know, from what my, my take on him is he's a character guy and, you know, for the most part works hard and I've seen him work hard. And, you know, I think this is one of those things that, uh, you know, he gets back in the lineup. I, I think when you, you have a motor like that, you're, you're able to get back to it pretty quickly mm-hmm. and, you know, it's a learning experience, but sometimes you have to have those learning moments, moments. Now, another coaching decision that's been questioned, even by me on Twitter, because I post stupid stuff on Twitter all the time, as you well know, um, <laughs> Oliver Wallstrom, as you mentioned, uh, you know, piling up the points in these three games, a big driver of the offense, not just with his goals. He had a nice one against Ottawa, but uh, he's starting to develop a little bit more ice awareness, made a really nice play to, to JG Pajot for the, for the, you know, the two goal cushion goal against the Devils on Saturday. 
after forcing a turnover and the Devils were coming out of the zone. Just a, a good play all around. Now, Wallstrom is one of the lowest ice time guys uh, among their forwards. Um, even during the 11-game winless streak, he was basically playing a fourth-line role, um, mostly with the guys that had been called up, whether it was Andy Andrioff, Otto Koivula, those guys. And and as you mentioned, he was you know had kind of a makeshift third line with Austin Zarnick and Kiefer Bellows that caught fire for a few games and played really well. But he hasn't seemed to really break through uh, in terms of five-on-five time. Uh, when you've got a guy who's producing like that, and you still want to balance, you know, he's he's 21 years old. He's a high draft pick. He's a guy you want to have around in your lineup for a long, long time. And you have to balance as a coach the his obvious skill and the results that you're getting with making sure that he's doing the things um, every shift, consistency, effort, focus, all those other things that sometimes slip a little bit in a young guy's game. Um, but you're also resisting the call from everybody to say, play this kid more because he's scoring a lot. You know, how do you, how do you balance that? And that's a, you know, that, that's a, that's a difficult one, especially when you're trying to win games. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of, um, you know, when, when it's his turn to go for a shift, uh, they take a penalty and you're not killing penalties. So you lose some ice time there. And then the rotation of way the forwards come through on the penalty kill. Sometimes you're, you know, maybe your, your line mates are killing a penalty. So uh, your line might not be up and there can be a stretch of almost, you know, before the penalty, you might not have been on the ice for two minutes. Do you get the penalty for two minutes and then the following two minutes? So six minutes can go by very, very easily. If you're not in the mix or the, the timing of the line changes uh, doesn't work uh, to your advantage. And, uh, you know, obviously he plays in the power play, but if you're playing a game where you're not getting any power plays and, uh, uh, and if you're playing on the second unit, you usually don't get a lot of uh, PP time anyway. But um, I think that's, I think it's more of that, you know, he played, I think it was against Chicago. He played quite a bit. I think it was almost 17 minutes. And, uh, you know, the last last two games have been a little bit lower minutes, but I, I, I doubt very much it has anything to do with uh, consistency and more of circumstances. So the, the biggest thing is he's got to keep doing what he's doing. And the more he does, the things that he's been able to do in the last um, eight games here, six games where he's gotten his eight points. Uh, he's going to keep building trust with uh, Barry and, and uh, that in itself is going to get him maybe some opportunities where, uh, you know, if the guy goes down, maybe he gets double shifted or plays with a, a line that's going to be up uh, after a penalty kill, uh, you know, get spotted in with some different people uh, just to get those minutes up. But uh you know, I think it's I think it's pretty encouraging that through all this, the struggles that they had uh, prior to uh, getting back to uh, Belmont, um, he's been able to to, to prop himself up and, and get some points and uh, you know show that he can be a contributor to the team. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So we've covered some good ground here and uh, the Islanders get back on the ice tonight in Detroit. Uh, they were just there about 10 days ago, uh, overtime loss. Uh, Ilya Sorokin played in that game, gave up four goals. I don't think he's given up four since. Uh, and... He's been in net for all seven Islander wins this season. Semyon Varlamov has been back for a few weeks now, still hasn't won a game. And Barry Trotz indicated uh, yesterday in his in his media session that um, it's probably not going to be a 50-50 split. They really have to go with the hot hand, and Ilya Sorokin has the hot hand right now. And um, Scott, you know, goalies are uh, – you were a goalie. You know how infamously difficult they can be to predict and read and handle. Um, you've got – Two guys here who have, you know, one in Semyon Varlamov who's got lots of experience and and carried the Islanders really to two consecutive semifinals. And then Ilya Sorokin, who's getting more experience in the NHL and has been pretty steady this year. When you go from 1A, 1B to saying in the middle of the season, well, now we got to just go with the guy who's playing well because we need points. Um, you know, are you the kind of – do you kind of lean more on goalie coach? Do you try to <laughs> – Try to keep yourself at a distance, I think, from the goalies. You know, it seems like that in the NHL, that's the way coaches want to handle it. They have the goalie coaches. They want to keep a lot of the responsibility for for gate reading the temperature of the goalie room to the goalie coaches. Is that is that kind of the way it started to become these days? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously more dialogue uh, with the goalie coaches as far as, you know, what, what they're going through at the time, um, you know, their thoughts as far as know, how they're playing in practice and, you know, what they see in the game and, and, you know, as a, as a coach, you know, you relay, well, I got these concerns or I, I like, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z of, of what he's doing in the game. And, you know, I'm thinking about going with, uh, you know, one guy, two out of every three. Um, and, you know, obviously this is a situation where, uh, Sorokin, um, you know, he's got the last two wins they had. You, I think you told me that, that he's got all their wins. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a time now where, okay, we, we've kind of been alternating, uh, but let's let's see if we can get the, the hot hand going a little more frequently. And, uh, you know, this still, you know, anytime there's back-to-back, like they have a back-to-back December 19th and 20th, you know, he's going to get in there, uh, Varlamov, and then the 29th and the 30th, you, you got another back-to-back. So, you know, looking at the schedule, you know, you're still getting in, you're still getting your other guy in at least once a week. And, um, you know, it's up to that guy, obviously, to, to step up and, and, and play a little bit better um, and get some results. But, uh, you know, certainly there, there comes a point where, you know, one guy is, is, is giving you a little bit more and you want to try to maximize uh, your opportunity to take advantage of uh, his performance and confidence of, of the way he's playing. When you were coming up as a goalie in the uh, Quebec Nordiques organization, which when you got to the NHL level was not uh, not a successful team, I think is a generous way to put it. Um, was it were goalie coaches as important? I mean, I know it's become more specialized over the years, but uh, 
you know, between your time playing and your time coaching, where did you see the kind of the shift in in relying more on goalie coaches, <clears throat> not just at the NHL level, but throughout the organization? Where did that start to change from your opinion? The, the first goalie coach I had in Quebec that actually, you, know, you could say he was giving you information to make you better and working on technique and, and understanding the position was Dan Bouchard. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was talking about tracking before, you know, it was almost like a decade before I heard anybody else even talk about tracking. And, and, uh, so that, that was my first exposure to it. But, uh, I, I don't recall. I mean, when I, when I came to the Islanders, you know, we, we had, uh, Sudsy and, uh, Mike Dunham, mm-hmm. uh, prior to that, when I was with Boston, Bobby Asenza, who came in probably, uh, I, I would say, three or four years before I got to the Islanders, but you know, we're looking at 2000, like I don't even know that we, I mean, minimal amount of goalie coaching. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's like every organization has a guy in the NHL, a guy in the American league. You got, you know, sometimes you got guys that are just going around evaluating uh, or going to work with the junior guys. So there's a, there's a lot of depth in goalie coaching. Uh, throughout hockey now and, and every goaltender has some guy that they're working with during the summer and uh, it's really become a, a technical uh, position that you you know as a as a because it is so technical you need somebody that's watching you and making sure that your your technique is in place and and um, you know I, just watching Sorokin I, I, I've been really impressed like every save he makes looks the same like it's mm-hmm. you know so obviously you know, whoever's working with him on a day-to-day basis, uh, you know, during the summer, um, he looks like the same guy on every single shot. Like he, if it goes in, it's, it's almost like it's uh, an accident. Like it, I, like I, I've been really impressed with the way he's played. Um, I'll tell you a funny story though. When I was, um, when I was in college, I had uh, an older guy that was our, our goalie coach and he was, he wasn't around that much. Really nice man. He actually was on the, the uh, team when uh, Boston college won their first NCAA championship. And I, geez, that had, a, I don't even remember the years. I, I want to say it was like maybe in the forties, fifties. Wow. So anyway, he was the goalie coach and he, he used to work at a drugstore. He'd come um, from the, straight from the drugstore, he'd throw on his skates. He had his uh, knit slacks on his tie and uh, <laughs> he'd be standing off the side and, you know, he just was kind of a really nice guy, just kind of cheering you on, you know, keep working, keep working. And so, uh, because he was older, he didn't have a lot of, uh, ability to skate. So he would do a warm up drill with me where we would work on skate saves and, uh, he would get down on his knees and slide the puck with his hands. So <laughs> Bobby Sweeney, who was on my team, uh, every time the goalie coach wasn't there, he would come up and practice and get the pucks and get down on his knees and start sliding the pucks at me to, to make my skate saves, get me warmed up. So that's that's how long, that's how far it's uh, it's come because uh, you know like there was minimal amount of coaching when I played the, the position and and uh, now it's you know it's almost like each each uh, goalie has their guy that they've trusted and, and worked with and um, and basically allowed them to to be able to play at the level that they play at. Do you find goalie goalies to be a little bit fussier now than they were when you were playing? Uh, yeah, the, I think the, uh, you know, they used to say, 
if if you were a goalie, you were crazy. Like there was something wrong with you. And uh, now most goalies are they're as normal as you could uh, possibly imagine. Um, no, there's not that that wild thing anymore about the the goaltender that they used to be back in the day. And I think that uh, you know, you you have to have you have to be strong mentally now because there's the, the pressure that the goalies play with now having to give up you know, pretty much less than two goals a game for the team to be successful. Like it, I remember my third year in the American hockey league, I was third in the league in goals against average and it was 3.3. <laughs> and, and, and I think about what the pressure would be to have to play consistently giving up two goals or less. I can't even imagine that. Like that doesn't even, you know, it was nice to know if I let in three goals in a game, chances are we we're going to win. You know, there's a lot, a lot less pressure under those circumstances. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's a tough position, and you have to be tough mentally uh, because there's, uh, you know, there's the, the players are so much better now, and their ability to shoot the puck and how hard it comes at you. Everybody can shoot the puck and score. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a lot different now, and um, I can certainly see why being a goalie coach didn't always appeal back in the day when you started coaching. So it, it certainly makes sense to me, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a specialized group, but um, in any event, this has been uh, as always great stuff talking about uh, the Islanders finally winning some games, how you bench a guy, uh, how you manage goalies, Scott Gordon, as always, this has been great. The insights are amazing. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, Arthur. And thanks, everybody, for listening to No Sleep Till Belmont. You can follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave a rating and review if you're enjoying the show. It really helps us out. You can subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, then just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, annual subscriptions to The Athletic are just $3.99 a month. And you visit theathletic.com slash no sleep till Belmont. I'm Arthur Staples. Scott Gordon will be back next week. Maybe some more Islanders wins to talk about. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week.